Well, in a minute, we're going to be looking at uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2. But I want to begin with a a little story. And uh, I'm going to mention a name here, and I hope you understand there's no racial connotations here. That uh, this is what uh, the individual I'm going to share about was called. His name was Black Bart. And Black Bart was a professional thief. And uh, just, to, just to mention his name struck fear into the hearts of the passengers he terrorized on the Wells Fargo stage line. So this happened a while ago. From San Francisco to New York, the name of Black Bart became synonymous with the danger of the frontier. Between 1875 and 1883, Black Bart robbed 29 different stagecoach crews. Amazingly, Black Bart did it all without firing a shot. He never killed anyone, he never shot at anyone, didn't even attempt to. And he could, he could do that because he uh, had a, a hood covering his face. No victim ever saw his face. He never took a hostage. He was never trailed by a sheriff. Uh, he did end up in prison, however, and from his cell, Black Bart would later say that he never needed to fire a shot. All he had to do was to use fear to paralyze his victims. Fear, the face of the unknown, was his weapon of choice, his weapon of intimidation. Black Bart's sinister presence, his threat of words was enough to overwhelm the toughest stagecoach guard. It's normal. It's normal to experience fear when you are walking across 10th Avenue South. Maybe you've been there. Only to look up and see the cars coming down upon you. It's normal to experience fear when faced uh, with a real and immediate encounter that could produce bodily harm. Sometimes fear is a good thing. It motivates us into action when we are under immediate and genuine threats. If you were about to step off a curb, it would be good to be fearful, especially in Great Falls. No, I don't mean that. However, fear can also paralyze us. It can paralyze us and keep us from doing what we should be doing. Rather than protect us from hurtful consequences, our, our fear can cause us to miss God's blessings. Fear can cause us to miss opportunities the Lord has set before us. And fear can even bring us 
loss, or harm. Too often this is what happens in our lives. Our fears often keep us, they often keep us from realizing God's blessings. How many God-given gifts, how many God-given gifts have we refused to use because fear because we feared the rejection of people. How many blessings have we lost because we are afraid and drew back from the opportunity that the Lord has set before us? All because of fear. Fear of failure. Fear of other people's expectations. Fear of other people's opinions. How many conflicts are brought about because of fear? When we think of fear, we often think of physical threats or threats to our lifestyle or threats to our finances or our health. These things are, of course, important. Very often, the things we fear are real threats. And it's normal to feel threatened by some situations and to respond out of fear. These types of fears are a cause of concern, but the fear that most paralyzes us and keeps us from realizing God's blessings are fears that I would call inner fears. They're in here. These are not threats from the outside, but they are fears that threaten us in our hearts and in our spirits. Some of these fears are real. Some are imaginary. Many, I believe, are attacks of Satan, who uses fear, one of his greatest weapons, a major weapon he uses to defeat and to demoralize Christians into inactivity. Fear is one of Satan's greatest weapons. Satan is like a spider who uh, paralyzes its prey, then wraps it up in a web so that it it can be devoured at a later date. It's been said that fear is the dark room where the devil takes you to develop your negatives. We all have core fears. These fears often motivate us uh, to respond to our loved ones in negative and destructive ways. Over the years, these abiding Fears hardwire us for conflict and often keep us in bondage to a mindset, a certain mindset and it's that, that sabotages our relationships, including our relationship with the Lord. What we need to do is to pray, 
to examine our hearts and discover what those core fears are. Very often they revolve around the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of losing control, the fear of being inferior, the fear of being unimportant or useless, the fear of loneliness, the fear of being abandoned or unwanted, the fear of being unloved, and the fear of judgment. Make no mistake about it. Our fears are often more than physical or psychological issues. They're more than body and they're more than mind. At times our fears involve spiritual warfare. Very often they involve spiritual warfare. That we must fight with prayer, with self-examination, with honesty, and most of all, by depending upon and placing our faith in our Heavenly Father who loves each one of us more than we could ever imagine. Satan will do his very best. This is where he comes after us more than we would ever think. He does his very best to keep you and I in bondage to fear. Max Licato has said that Satan's goal is to create cowardly, joyless souls. So if he can't have you, he wants to put you in chains. He wants to bind you, to limit you. He doesn't want you to make the journey to the mountain. He wants to keep you low down. He doesn't want to make you the person that God wants you to be. If he figures if he can rattle you enough, if he can shake you enough, if he can discourage you enough, You'll take your eyes off the peaks, off the high ground, and settle for an unproductive existence in the flatlands. God wants you there. Satan wants to keep you down. One of Satan's favorite areas to work in is how we see our relationship with the Lord. This is so important. Satan will often haunt Christians with the fear of God's condemnation and rejection. Maybe you're here today feeling, irregardless of what you've done, feeling condemned and rejected. Satan wants you low down and high-smelling when you're not. Condemnation is not, is not what God has for his children. Period. 
Remember this. Condemnation is not what God wants for you. He wants to lift you up and give you wings. Romans 8.15 says, For you, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship. Of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. You know, and when you, we think of the word son differently today than they did when the Bible was penned. To be the son of the Father was everything. Everything. And so what God is saying to us here that you, you, you have received sonship. You're part of the family. And you have an inheritance coming. You're going to own the farm. That's what it means. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba. Abba means Daddy. When you pray, do you pray to Daddy? You should. That's what it means. Abba. He's my Daddy. Without Jesus... We are slaves to fear because we have no hope, no future beyond this mortal existence. Often we are slaves to fear because we take our eyes off of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That's everything, folks. It's everything. I don't care what you have in your pockets today. I don't care how many letters you have after your name or whatever. The greatest thing in your life is knowing Jesus Christ and serving him. Often we we take our eyes off what Jesus has done for us. Too often, rather than focusing on what Christ has done for, for us, we focus on ourselves and our long list of failures. And I have a long list. But that's not what God wants us looking at. He wants us looking at what Jesus has done for us and what we can do in Jesus' name. And Satan will do everything possible to discourage you from taking that viewpoint and acting on it. It's about knowing and loving and serving the Lord. In this, we become a slave to fear. Fear. 
without a proper understanding of our relationship with the Lord. But God says, you have received the spirit of sonship. That's another way of saying, you know what? You're part of the family. You're part of the family. And, you know, uh, in some ways, nowadays we run around and everyone's a brother and a sister. God's not saying that. He says, you are a part of the family, and that's not changing. And when he makes you a part of the family, you're a part of the family. We are beloved children. Sons and daughters of the Father. And being the beloved children, we have received the Holy Spirit and we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. Can you imagine that? And I want to say, this is not about what you have done for God. It's about what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. I have many failures. My wife is right over there. Ask her. (laughs) But you know what? God still loves me. And that is everything. The story is told about the little boy who slept in a bed beside his father. When he would wake up in the night afraid, he would cry out to his father, and the father would reach over to the son and offer his hand. And the child would take the father's hand and immediately fall back to sleep. This is what our relationship with with Jesus is like. Abba, Father, translated means Daddy, again. Abba signifies this close, intimate relationship with the Father and his child, as well as a childlike trust that a young child puts in his Daddy. 1 John 4, 18 and 19 says, listen to this, this is great. There is no fear in love. I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to Christians who fear that God doesn't love them. That's not what the Bible says, folks. There is no fear in love. And Christ loves you perfectly, perfectly, 100%. There's no half-hearted love from Jesus Christ. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. You know, your punishment has already been paid for if you're a Christian. It paid in full. Stamp, boom, paid in full. Jesus did that for you and me on the cross. 
So don't be acting like you owe, owe something. Jesus already paid the bill. Say, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because I, you know what? My sin bill was so big. I, <laughs> they don't make a bank. Well, Wells Fargo doesn't have a bank big enough for me to make that payoff. But Jesus paid for my sins. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Now, if you're a believer here, your punishment has already been meted out on Jesus Christ. For every sin you've done, Or will do. Now that doesn't mean go out and sin. But the price is paid. So the perfect love of Christ drives out fear. Irregardless of what Satan, how he'll tempt you, try to deceive you. But our daddy, Abba Father, takes our hand and we are safe. In Jesus, our situation is never hopeless. We must not believe the lie of the evil one who will try to deceive you every day and discourage you, discourage you into thinking that what I'm telling you here and what the Bible says is not true. Listen to this. Romans 8, 1, 1 through 2. Chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. I love Romans, I love this passage, and I hope you do too. Therefore, 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 after everything has been said and done, there is now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do we understand no condemnation? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Glory, hallelujah. I'm free, and I'm free indeed. Now, I love that passage because I have never met a Christian that doesn't at some time or another get messed up or done something he shouldn't have done or whatever. And they said, well, how could God love me? Oh, I'm, I'm doomed. There's no hope for me. I say, You're, his son died for you. That's how he loves you. The price is paid. No, no, that's not a credit card to sin. Then I would worry about you. But what, it's, what it means is that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. Your price has been paid.
Live in it. Live in it. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. So what once brought me sin and death, Jesus has paid the price and bought me the spirit of life that sets you free. You are free indeed in Jesus Christ. Now that is good news. That is magnificent news. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. This is my favorite passage, one of them, right up there on top. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I don't know how many sincere believers in Christ have come to me and say, oh, pastor, you know, I just, I don't feel saved. I've lost my salvation or I've, I've, I did this and it's, there's no hope for me. Wrong. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And you know, I think Jesus knows. I'm not perfect. My, ask my wife. She can verify that. But I'm still saved. Why? By the blood of Christ. I'm not perfect. He's perfect. And he paid the price. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27.1 If we fear rejection, we must live in Christ's acceptance. If we fear condemnation, we must live in Christ's forgiveness. If we fear criticism, we must live in Christ's encouragement. If we fear loneliness, we must live in Christ's fellowship. If we fear, if we are unlovable or think we're unlovable, we must live in Christ's love and sacrifice for us. Jesus has covered the bases, folks, for you and for me. It's covered. Now, if you are a person who has never felt one of those fears, please come and talk to me. You are a rare one indeed. And if I suspect there is no one here who hasn't feared rejection or condemnation or criticism or failure or loneliness or felt unlovable, Feed your faith in Christ and starve your fears. That's what we need to do. Jesus has to be bigger for me than any failure in my life. And he is bigger than any failure in my life, which are numerous. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that, um, Lord, you're so good to us. You don't just give us a helping hand. You lift us up out of the pit and place us in glory by your Son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for each one of us. So, Lord, may we take full advantage, Lord, meaning that in a good way, of what you've done for us. Lord, we know the greatest thing we can do in life is to accept your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior and to live in that light. And we pray that everyone here, Lord, has had that experience. Put your faith in Jesus. He'll not let you down. Lord, we thank you for this day and the message of your word, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The Lord bless you today and every day.